What's happening, travelers? Nitsan Moser here, the traveling investor. How's it going? Welcome, everybody. And, and welcome to another live show. It's awesome. Uh, if you hear a bit of banging in the background and sawing and whatnot, I'm at my lake house in northwest Arkansas in the Ozarks, and we're renovating it right now, so there's a lot of work going on, and that's why you've got me blurred in the background over there as well. But I want to thank everybody for being here today. We've got a fantastic, fantastic show for you. Um, you know, it's in this show, we bring guests that will help you master your mind, body, and wallet. We demystify the art of financial freedom, of real estate investing, of mindset. We lay it all out for you, the traveler, anywhere on the planet, if you want to implement these ideas and these strategies into your personal life, into your business life, into your spiritual life, you will see changes happening to you and to the people around you. So all you got to do is pay attention and go through the process, go down that journey, go down that road. And whatever happens at the end of that road is not the important part. What the, what the important part is, is what happens to you on that road, on that journey. Because becoming successful is just that. You have to become successful. You have to become successful in your mind, in your body, in your heart, in your relationships, in everything around you. You have to become someone else someone other than the person that you were when you started out on that journey. Because the person that you were back then got you what you got back then. For things to change and for you to have more in your life, you have to become more. We have to become more. We have to become the person that is ready to receive all of that success in all different walks of life. So the person that was cannot be the same person that is or will be when you hit or when you want to achieve those goals. And, you know, I love the, uh, you know, I love the saying, being born poor is not your fault, but dying poor is, especially in today's world where we have technology at our fingertips and we have information that we've never had at our fingertips in any other time in history. So it's become that much easier for us to be able to achieve success than it is at any other point in time in history. So if you're sitting there struggling, don't point the finger at all the other systems or all the other programs or whatever. Point it back at yourself. Look in the mirror and go, what do I need to do to change to become that successful, that successful per person? Who do I need to incorporate in my team to help me achieve massive success? And with that, my guest today uh, is a good friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for many, many years. Uh, he's, uh, he's been involved in real estate for over 15 years. He started in single family, small multifamily properties, and eventually working his way up to large 100 plus multifamily properties. Uh, but before entering the large multifamily acquisitions, George uh, was host, had wholesaled over 200 plus single family properties. He's fixed and flipped over 150 single families, developed and completed several new development projects. He's got his own construction and rest of, and renovation company. He's done over $20 million in ground up construction. So this guy knows his stuff 
inside and out. So I highly recommend grabbing a pen, grabbing some paper, sitting down, turning off your phone and listening closely to all of the nuggets and all of the information that George is going to share with us as soon as I bring him on. But first, I want to finish his his intro and his bio because he's there's so much to so much about him. Uh, George also started and built a construction company, bringing in over thirty million dollars in yearly revenue and growing. He's now an active and passive full-time multifamily real estate investor. George and his company Elevate currently have over 6,000 doors and $450 million of assets under management. The assets are located throughout Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia, and South Dakota. George is the CEO of Elevate Commercial Investment Group and JNT Construction. And JNT focuses on helping multifamily investors with their due diligence and full renovations. Strong points are locating deals, due diligence, executing CapEx, and new development and raising equity. His goal by the end of 2022 is to reach 10,000 units by creating strategic partnerships and implementing the proper systems in place for scalability. So without any further ado, I mean, we can go on. He's got a whole, he's got a long, uh, you know, long bio and intro because of his massive success. But right now, let's bring on George Abreu. How you doing? What's happening, my star, my man? How's it going? Good, man. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Nice to see you as well. I'm excited to hear because we interviewed last year. Yep. Right. Kind of like when COVID was done and we and you were going into that and you were, you know, wheeling and dealing left and right and whatnot. So why don't you do us a quick favor? Just give us a quick brief intro, like who you are, you know, all that stuff, what happened last year. And and let's go into this year on on what you've been doing. And then we'll talk about the market and all of that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just like you said, I'm also doing renovations at my house. So if you hear some craziness, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, we got, I'm upstairs and the downstairs is a disaster. Um, As far as myself, I mean, thank you for that intro. Um, You probably said it better than I could. Uh, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, As far as you know, where we're at now versus our original um, interview or first live stream. Um, lots change, man. Mainly, mainly the debt, right? The debt has gotten kind of crazy. Interest rates, um, the whole sulfur and forward curve and these rate caps on bridge loans, you know, having to pay close to $2 million. And, <laughs> um, you know, it hasn't made that that path to ten thousand easy. <laughs> uh, nothing, no, nothing worth done is easy. Right, I agree. Right? I agree, and I love that uh, those bombs you're dropping there, man. You know, everybody kind of chooses their own. Everybody has the ability here, I believe, in the United States to kind of make the most of it, um, and it's a lot of its mindset. You know what? easy for me right now or any other uh, multifamily investor to kind of be like, Oh my God, what do I do? Right. I'm going to have to just sit on the sidelines. Uh, so one thing I've learned throughout the years and, you know, I, I was a full-time real estate investor before the crash. Um, so I had to maneuver through that and uh, saw a lot of investors become non-investors <laughs> after that happened. Uh, you got to be flexible. You got to be able to, to see what's going on, to, um, 
think of what can happen. You know, it's hard to, to predict exactly what's going to happen, but kind of have different exits in mind. Um, right now, for us, the biggest thing is, is making sure that we structure our debt accordingly and, and that um, obviously we don't run into any issues with our acquisitions. Um, it's so far so good. You know, we've been able to to do so, and, and we currently have four nice projects under contract that I'm excited about, and, and we plan on closing them and uh, continue to look for more deals. That's great. So when you say structuring your debt and structuring your acquisitions, can you dive more into that? What ha what has changed? What are you looking at that that's different now? Yeah, the, the leverage is definitely lower on our debt. You know, so we're going, I mean, we have some deals last year that we went all the way up to 80% on the debt. Um, we're no longer doing that, obviously, and we're more in the 60 to 65 range. Um, what that does is it leaves us room, right? If um, the interest rates do increase as much as they're saying, we can still cover our debt service and, um, you know, that's, that's what it kind of comes down to, right? Being able to cover your debt service to not run into major issues. Um, and then that then makes our capital stack larger, right? So more equity that we need to bring to each deal and then structuring that so that it also makes sense for our investors. Um, you know, cash on cash is going to be tighter. Um, so there's some... JV equity, private equity, you know, different ways to kind of structure the capital stack on the equity side to um, take care of those those items I mentioned. How, what are you seeing in the market now uh, when it comes to actual um, pricing of properties? It's definitely dropping. Um, is that is that a sign that a recession is coming? Is that are these are these telltale signs that the market is going to start uh, crashing because rents are still going up, right? I wouldn't say crashing. I would say a correction. You know, there, there's a, a correction is coming or it, it's here. Um, I don't. I still don't see a crash happening. Uh, I do think there's going to be some some syndicators or investors that, that run into some issues and there may be some some properties that um unfortunately or fortunately however you want to look at it um depending what side you're on uh you know the lenders are going to take over and um there's going to be opportunity when that happens but it's different right now you know we're not back in 2006 2008, whatever you want to call it, um, throughout those years, it was, we were oversupplied. I mean, there was more than we can absorb. Right now, it's 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 backwards, right? You know, the, the property's built and it's leased up in a couple months, you know, freaking 200 units and fastest lease-ups lease I've ever seen. Uh, so it's getting absorbed now. Some of these somebody's making these these uh, assumptions that they're going to continue to see these massive rent increases, you know, that can be a problem. You know, any deal is going to look good with 15% rent increase every year or um, whatever the assumption is. But that, that I don't think is sustained. You can't sustain that. Uh, that's going to slow down some, but uh, 
still don't see a crash happening. So if there's not a crash, if there's a correction, you know, the prices will soften. Do you think interest rates will then con will continue to go up? Or yeah. do you think interest rates will, you know, will eventually come back down? Is it is it a presidential issue? Meaning that in two years we can see, you know, with maybe a new president coming in that uh, interest rates may go down again? Or is this something that is going to be a constant growth for many, many years in, in the interest rates? Yeah, there's a lot there. Um Try not to talk politics, man. But no, not politics. But I'm saying, you know, do you think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think interest rates are 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 attached to who's in who's in the White House, or do you think it's more of a of a market situation where Fannie and Freddie are kind of dictating what's going on? I mean, I think it, look, I think it definitely plays a part. I, I think one of the reasons we are we where we are is inflation, right? Everybody's scared of the inflation, so now the rates are raising to. Um, hopefully lower that inflation. Um, and some of that inflation, I believe, was caused by some of the decisions made by the government. Um, you know, oil's through the roof. There's a reason for that. Uh, so, yes, and I think, uh, here, let me go backwards on the, on the pricing part. So, and the correction. So in the last, I would say like the last month, I feel like, it's making that that tilt where it's almost becoming a buyer's market instead of a seller's market. Uh, you know, I've seen, I've been part of getting discounts on prices of, of deals that are already under contract with hard money. So the seller is deciding to lower their price, even though they have a significant amount of hard money, you know, that's telling me that they're scared. The seller is scared and wants to make sure that they sell the property. Um, I'm submitting offers under way under whisper on some deals, which was unheard of um, before. So definitely think we're getting the price correction and it's happening as we speak. Um, as far as our interest rates going to change as our president changes, um, I wouldn't take it that far, but I, I do think a lot of this is speculation. A lot of it is, um, overreaction from the banks and the lenders and um and this is just me right i just got feeling i feel like the rates are going to balance back out um sometime next year and you know it's 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 funny like this recession i always say you know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy Right. People start talking about it. They start talking about, oh, there's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. People start getting scared because they hear it. So what do they do? They stop hiring. They start, you know, tightening the belt because they hear people talking about it. So then they start tightening the belt. Then it's a cascade effect <laughs> that kind of creates itself. If everybody would just shut up. <laughs> for real. For real. And then now, with you know, social media and just the media in general, they grab something like this and they just run with it. Mm hmm. You know, it's it's I, I get a lot of uh, from my 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 South American counterparts and you know, always sending me, you know, uh, Elon Musk is halting the hiring and this one is halting hiring. And then so I, and I, I say, yeah, OK. But then I respond where like today I, I saw an article in the New York Post that rents for the first time. The median rent in New York has hit four thousand dollars, which is like the highest it's been. Rent has increased since May of 21 till now over 25 percent. 
So, you, you know, you're, you're hearing these different things coming at you. And on one side, you're like, oh, my God, could this really happen? And then you look on the other side and you go, well, how could it happen if this is what's going on? Right. People are still, you know, they're not rents aren't going to double like they did, you know, whatnot, but they're still going up. Like you said, there's demand. There's not enough supply. Right. And that's that's, you know, economics 101. Correct. Correct. Right. All right. So let, let, let's 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 talk about you, your company and your success. What have you what what do you attribute your that explosion of success that you had from last year, this year, and moving forward. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, that are listening now that are going to be listening to the future that want to get involved in real estate, that want to get involved in multifamily. You know, they, they see everybody doing things and, it, and, you know, multifamily is multifamily, right? It's not rocket science, but it's to achieve and become scalable is, is, is the, is kind of the, the missing key that most syndicators, owner operators are missing, right? What has been the success principles for you that have helped you scale your business? Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely why I gravitated towards multifamily was to scale. Um, everything I've done has been to scale that business. Um, with the construction company, you know, I was able to scale because, of the systems I put in place and then the team that I put together. So I knew going into same with the single family, right? And then I knew that going into multifamily, I was going to have to do the same. Um, and honestly, COVID um, really helped with that. Um, you know, while others were pointing and, and complaining, um, we were sitting down building out all those systems and procedures and what our team was going to look like, who we needed, um, setting our priorities. And then um, coming out of COVID, it, it started putting it all together. And, um, you know, now we've got, I feel, a really good, strong team. Um, we've got good systems and procedures in place. And um, once you have that foundation, now it's, time to really scale up um have you have you know have you seen that social media has been uh, a key uh, ingredient for your success for your scalability absolutely i mean a lot of the leads we get and the connections i've made have been through social media um it's been massive i mean i, I wouldn't be at this scale without it I don't see how I would. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been crucial. Um, and that's on almost all ends, right? Like the equity we've raised, a lot of it has come from social media. The co-GPs and partners we have on some deals have come from social media. Um, shoot, even some of the deals we've acquired, you know, have come from social media. So yeah, it's, it's huge. It's a great networking tool. Yes. Right. So people getting people getting involved and getting started now in their careers in multifamily or even in real estate investing, they should really um, uh, put the time and effort to building out a social media platform for themselves. Right. We got a question that says, what platform do you like the best, uh, LinkedIn or Facebook? Or, or one that you like the most. It doesn't have to be LinkedIn or Facebook. What, what platform do you like the most? 
I want to say, man, it's, we get leads from all of them. I want to say LinkedIn for, at least for investors, for raising equity. Um, LinkedIn has been very helpful. Um, Facebook has different dynamics that, that LinkedIn doesn't, that, you know, the Facebook groups has been huge, you know, having our, our own Facebook group and, and building a community within that. Um, stories, you know, I think stories is something that took me a while to get used to, but I think it is very useful as well. Um, and LinkedIn, I don't know, LinkedIn had, had it for like a short period and then they just killed it. So would you say that LinkedIn would be most effective for attracting investors? I think so. I think so. Okay. Yeah, travelers, you know, write this down, right? This is this is information that's going to make you millions and millions of dollars if you use it correctly. If you do what George does, um, you know, and you do it the way he's doing it, because I see you always posting on social media, different platforms and whatnot. You know, you're out there. That's fantastic. Uh, do you... Do you do your own social? That's that's a question. Like me personally, I guess. Yes. Um, I play a part in it, but no, I mean, I have um, a full-time VA that, that does a lot of the graphics and editing and also some of the posting. And then I also have my executive assistant that um, helps mainly with my, my personal pages. My VA handles all my company pages. Um, and then I'll go in and, and do some things here and there. Any any special type of software that you're attracted to more so than than others for you know to to funnel your investors through? Yeah, I use a lot of software. Um, I could quickly run through what I use. Right, so we work off the Google Drive suite as far as a company emails, Google Drive, all that. Um, then we use CRM, which is active campaign that does our email marketing and our CRM functions, which, um, for our, then we have an investor portal where we raise our equity and we communicate with our investors. Um, is that something like, like similar to like a syndication pro syndication pro is the one we use. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Asana we use for project management in not when I say project management, it's more our team, keeping our team uh, accountable and just, mm -hmm. um, you know, with different tasks and just um, following up. Um, I think that's, that about covers it. Um, that's great. So you have, you, you, you really have softwares for every aspect of your business so that you can, I guess, you know, for, for, for automation purposes, for efficiency, accountability right this yeah. is something that 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 everybody in their business has to have with their team for the most part they all speak to each other as well and um you know as far as our contacts if you go to our investor portal and you you fill out the form there you're going to automatically go into our, our crm um so just things like that um yeah and if you on our website we actually have like a full list too to go to resources Oh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, someone says here, saw your coaching program on LinkedIn. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I could do a quick summary there. So, I mean, this isn't something that 
I'm not looking to be one of these multifamily gurus or, or any of that and, and build out this massive education um, platform. It was, I'm all about doing more deals and growing my portfolio. And if I can help somebody, you know, if we can help each other, I can help somebody get some deals and we partner on it together. Um, that was the idea behind it. So I started earlier this year and it's just a very hands-on, you know, they, I get my students very involved in our current deals, um, invite them on site whenever we're having anything, invite them to our asset management meetings. Um, and then we really focus on, on helping them get their own deals as well. And we pretty much help refill in any gaps that are necessary. Excellent. 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 Uh, got a question here for your team. Is it certain individuals who are responsible for different tasks within your group for your multifamily business? Yeah. So right now, the way we have it set up, we have um, acquisitions director. We have a um, so the acquisitions director also does the analyst part of it, which I may split that up eventually. Um, then we have investor relations handle uh, raising the equity and, and taking care of those uh, relationships. We've got a director of asset management that makes sure our properties are performing the way they're supposed to be performing. And then um, me and my partner mainly do business development and, and kind of just growing the company on that end. And we also have marketing. Um, so yeah, we've been able to get individuals focused on certain parts of the business versus everybody kind of wearing several hats, um, which is always a good place to be. So what would you say is the number one task in your business that if that task isn't completed, your company falls apart, your business falls apart? There's a book. There's a book called Clockwork by uh, Michael Mikulowicz, and he calls it the QBR, the Queen Bee Role. So the bloodline, essentially, right? Like without that, there is no business. Uh, you know, before I would say it would, it would have to be the acquisitions part of our business and looking for new deals, but um, where our portfolio is at now, I mean, that's not necessarily. 100% accurate. Um, even though I'm, I'm a big believer, if you're not growing, you're 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 dying. Um, so with that said, I would say acquisitions. Acquisitions, awesome, awesome. Okay, acquisitions is your QBR. Fantastic. Uh, all right. So let's. We talked about the queen bee role. We talked about uh, your processes and systems. Um, Let's talk about your asset management team because you said you have an asset management team. You do asset management in-house, correct? Correct. So explain to you know our listeners here the difference between property management and asset management. Yeah, the big difference is um, essentially your asset manager is holding your property manager accountable. Um, they're also holding your company in a sense accountable for meeting certain projections. Um, you know, if you're, if you're supposed to hit certain rent bumps by a period, they're going to be watching that and, and, and looking at the data and making sure that we're doing the things we need to do to hit that. Um, 
they should also be looking for ways to add other income and um, efficiencies. And these are all things that you might, you might say, well, isn't a property manager going to do all that? They're not. They're going to manage the property and they're not going to think of how to add more income. They're not going to really push the rent there for the most part. Right. So I'm, I'm stereotyping a little bit here, but for the right. most part, they're mm -hmm. not going to push and put themselves in an uncomfortable situation unless somebody else is pushing them to do so. So if they're comfortable managing the property where it's at, they're not having to, to push the rents. They're not having to, um, or really hard on collecting delinquencies because nobody's on top of them to do so, that's what they're going to do. They're going to pick mm -hmm. the path. Um, so you need to have that in-house or however, I mean, there's third-party um, asset managers as well, but I think it's a function that you really need to have if you want to um, really take your your deals to the next level. And, and um, you know, you can take a deal that's, and I'll just use a, Simple example, let's say it's going to 2x your investor's money if, if you just let the property manager do what they're doing and, and not asset manage it. Well, you may go in and asset manage that and that 2x can turn into 2.5x just because you put that extra attention towards it and implemented some things. Yeah, a good asset manager is can can definitely do that for your property. And, and you're absolutely right. A property manager, that's what they're there for, right? They're, they're not there to rock the boat too much. You know, uh, I, I know from, from experience, you, you get into a situation where the property manager is like, oh, you know, these are my tenants and I love my tenants and I don't want to do no harm to them. And, I, you know, we're not doing harm, right? But on our aspect, from our perspective, it's a business, right? We're in the business of providing good, shelter, secure, right? Yeah. And in return, they have to pay us, you know, for that service, with inflation, with everything, services and everything goes up, right? So you have to have that right key person or else it's just going to kind of flatline and maintain itself and not grow, like you were saying earlier. It's a business, right? I mean, you got to look at it like a business. You got to treat it like a business. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Awesome. So where do you see, what's the future for Elevate and for for, for George? Um, you know, we're going to continue to grow our portfolio and um, continue to add on to our team and, and possibly add different uh, verticals within the, the company and, and uh, possibly property management in-house at some point. And yeah, continue to grow, man. And, and, and just be flexible at times like this when the market's shifting and, and but definitely not sit on the sidelines. What would be your your advice for people, yeah, you know, newbies, experienced investors, owner operators, now in the market where we're in? What would be you know advice for people that want to you know start acquiring multifamily? My advice would be, believe it or not, it might be a good time. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have. You're going to have investors exiting um, this field or this um, investing or asset class altogether. Um, so taking the knowledge, you know, there's 
several different ways to do that. Um, and really, if you're looking at specific deals, I mean, how do I say this? You can't leave things to up in the air anymore. Uh, you, you can't use rule of thumbs for, for your pro formas. Like you've got to really zone in on what's happening um, you know, with the debt, with rents, with, with everything, um, insurance, taxes, depending where you're buying, you know, that can be significant. Um, and if you do that and you, and you set up your, your capital stack appropriately, I mean, you should be very successful. Um, so yeah, just gain the knowledge and stick with it. Awesome. 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 And, um, and uh, in the uh, in 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 the world of inflation and whatnot, um, how how do you see? Uh, okay, my, my 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 question is: How can owner operators, syndicators now um, recession proof themselves if there is such a thing? in multifamily? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I do think there's certain things you can do to, to hedge any um, things in the market that may cause issues. Um, location is still number one. Make sure you're buying in good, strong markets or markets that can sustain their, their growth. Um, you know, I see a lot of individuals going out to these smaller markets because chasing the yield, which I've done for years, 100%, but study the market first. Like, make sure um, what's happening there is, is sustainable or if not sustainable, at least that it's not going to, um, when the market gets softer, um, that that market's not going to get affected as, as much. Um, I would start there and then back to the way you set up your, your debt. You know, if you can do some, uh, if you can do a fixed rate right now, I, I would 100% try to do that. Um, if you can find uh, something where we're doing right now is talking to smaller banks and smaller lenders and, and trying to get some fixed rates on that end and, and thinking outside the box, right? Not just going to the same lenders you've been going to for the past three years. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. We have a question here. How do you handle all of this um, by operating current properties and scaling to get more units on the contract? Do you get overwhelmed at any point? I mean, I think that's where the, the team kicks in and, and yeah, it's very easy to get overwhelmed with I've got this deal and I need to raise equity for this deal and I need to do this and I need to do that. And you forget about your pipeline. But like I said before, that's your bloodline, right? That's your, so you definitely have to have a way in the beginning. I understand how that can be difficult. Um, but you have to find a balance between the two and, and, and make sure you set up a team or partners or a way to to manage both if not it's going to be difficult to sustain a business you know if it's a business you can't just be going 
one transaction, okay, that transaction's closed, and then you're waiting for months on end for the next transaction. Um, it's going to be hard to to at least do this full time as a business if that's what you're trying trying to do. Awesome, awesome. All right, last question here. Uh, in this market that we're in now, what would you say would be the strategy for acquiring? You know, is it a different, you know, because different market cycles, different things, right? So is there a specific strategy going into a property now? Meaning, are we looking for longer term hold now? Are we just looking for a shorter, you know, get in, get out quickly? You know, what, what would you say would be a, a, a strategy that you're implementing right now? Uh, definitely looking at some longer term stuff. Um, we've also been doing a lot more class class A products. And uh, to me, if, if you can figure out a way, if you buy a property that's cash flowing and you have it set up for you to hold that long term, you know, five plus years, seven years, whatever it is, market is going to come back. I mean, his, historically, you look back, as long as you're cash flowing and you're covering your debt service, you're going to be good. Um, so, yeah, that's different, right? You know, the last year, two years back, three years back, four years back, everybody was just looking at it like, oh, this is going to be easy, you know, in and out, in and out. Uh, I see some some other investors coming out with these these two year three year exits. Um, I'm not opposed to the three year. It just it, it depends on the the asset and and what the business plan is. Um, there just needs to be a backup there. You know, what if you can't exit in year two or year three? Mm -hmm. Awesome. George, how can uh, we got we got it here on the bottom here? How people can find you, right? ElevateCIG.com and Jorge at ElevateCIG.com. So, guys, if anybody listening out there, if you want to get more information, if you want to you know learn about multifamily and, and get involved with George, that's the way you can do it. Uh, any last words of wisdom? Words of wisdom. Um, last thing would be which I've kind of already said, but, you know, just take this time to really get educated on what's going on with the market, really understanding um, your assumptions and, and your projections and um, don't be scared to, to submit offers. You know, sellers are, somebody's selling something, there's a reason why they're, they're selling it right now. Um, they, they probably want to get out of it for whatever reason. And there's not nearly as many buyers as there was a month ago, two months ago. <laughs> like it's, it's dried up. I've seen it. So, you know, stay consistent with your underwriting and, and just submit what works and don't be scared to submit something that's 2 million under what they're asking, 3 million under what they're asking. And that's complete opposite of what I was saying the same time last year, but um, yeah, that's my word of wisdom. Nitsan, I can't hear you. Oh, sorry, I was muted. There was noise here in the background. The construction, the construction moved from the second floor to the first floor. <laughs> there you go. I'm just saying it's amazing how 
things shifted in in just 12 months, right? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it had to do with interest rates increasing. Yeah, right? that's a big one. You know, imagine if they would have stayed the same. I remember in 2018, I closed on a property. And that week that I closed, interest rates were hovering around 4%. It was November of 2018. Mm -hmm. And the week that I closed, they jumped up to 5.5%. And I that was the week that we rate locked. And then a week or two, the interest rates went back down. It's like, oh my God. But that's that's what happened, right? That's the market that you're in. This is what goes on. And and you gotta you gotta roll with the punches. You gotta learn how to roll with it. Yeah, agreed, man. Agreed. Awesome. George, it's been awesome having you again. You know, uh, we, we love watching um, your success and your journey and the growth, right? It's a great uh, it's a great case study for people that want to come in and have success and scale their business um, to great heights, just like you've done. So thank you so much for sharing uh, and, and for being out there and for being a success and for helping other people achieve success as well. Thank you. Always a pleasure, man. Travelers, thank you for being here. We're going to be here next week, same time, somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Uh, remember, being born poor is not your fault. But dying poor is. Tune in every week, 3 p.m. Eastern, the Traveling Investor live stream where we demystify the art of mastering your mind, body, and wallet. I'm Nitsan Mosier, the Traveling Investor. I'll see you next week. Take care. And you can find us on all of these podcast stations. <laughs>